0: I have on a couple of my favorite people, the Lampers. So you guys know Ryan Lampers. He's been on the podcast a couple times before. I'll have him on a bunch in the future. He's just uh, one of the best Western hunters I know. Uh, the guy, hunt after hunt, year after year, just consistently gets it done on trophies. Uh, he's He's got a, a ton of experience, a ton of knowledge, grit, determination, But really, I think a lot of his success comes from the love of adventure. Um, The guy just absolutely loves challenging himself, uh, the wild places backcountry hunting takes him to, and in that way, we're really cut from the same cloth. So I always really enjoy my conversations with him. Uh, Today, Doc Hillary also sits in on the conversation. So between Ryan and Doc Hillary, they run the podcast Hunt Harvest Health. Doc Hillary is a huge part of the harvest and the health. Um, she's just a, a wealth of knowledge. She's so intelligent, articulate. She's a doctor, and so she knows a ton about uh, the body and how it works and nutrition. And She's really woven herself in the fabric of the hunting community, and rightfully so. She's just a great person. So Today, I have both of them on for a conversation. This is from back at the, the Western Hunting Expo. I really enjoyed it. It's just an authentic conversation. I'm sure you guys will enjoy it too. We'll get right into it. I just want to thank a couple sponsors real quick. I want to thank Sig Sour Optics. Uh, Sig Sour Optics have just continued to impress me. Uh, I love using their binoculars. This year I just got a brand new pair of, of their 15 by 56s that I can tripod up. And, and their glass holds up to all the top-end glass out there. But that bear that I harvested earlier this year, I spotted those with the 15s. I actually spotted a couple bears with them this year. Um, just really good to have that piece of glass that gives you that next range. But they also have have all the, the, the good binoculars for carrying around your neck. Uh, they run a pair of 11 by 45s uh, They also have a pair of uh, 9 bys. I think they're by 40s or something like that, but a great pair of binoculars. I love using those. They also have their range-finding binoculars. They have their range-finders, and I believe their range-finders are the best on the market. They do both light and dark targets, uh, consistent ranges. Uh, They shoot through grass with their last target priority setting that they have on their binoculars. Um, Just a powerful laser that'll shoot through that grass. And does angle compensation, which is super important for rifle and bow hunting. Um, they also have their BDX system. So it goes along with their scope, an app in your phone, and your rangefinder to help calibrate where to hold with your rifle shot. Um, just a, a, a bunch of great products. Uh, blown away by their spotting scope. Uh, I've been using it this year. 27 by 55 by 80 millimeter objective lens. Um, super crisp. Uh, high definition uh, just couldn't be more impressed with the optics they're coming out with. So if you guys are in the market, uh, make sure to check out Sig Hour Optics. I also want to thank Mountain Archery Fest. Uh, Mountain Archery Fest is putting on four events this year. Uh, they're 3D shoots uh, for all different skill levels. You ride the chairlift up. You get to walk these courses down. Uh, they have a, a, a scoring to these, a competition with them. Uh, you can also just shoot them for fun. It's a whole weekend full of events. Uh, the first one takes place in Mullen Idaho June 12th through 14th it's at Lookout Pass that's this weekend Piharto Mountain in New Mexico. Uh, they also have one at Eagle Point Beaver Utah June 26th through 28th Purgatory Resort Durango Colorado July 17th through 19th. Nothing sharpens my skills like 3D events. Uh, it's just such great practice coming into season, and I'm really excited that we're getting life back to normal, that the Mountain Archery Fest, uh, they've been through a ton of challenges trying to put on these events, but they're going to happen, and uh, I'm just super excited for those guys. It should be a lot of fun. and um, You can enter a promo code and save 15% off your registration. So just put in Elevate15 in the promo code, take 15% off, That'll also get you a digital subscriptions to Eastman's hunting journal and Eastman's bow hunting journal for a year. Uh, so great events. Uh, if you guys are around those times of year, make sure to get signed up and, and go have a little fun this summer. Over there at Eastman's, I'm really excited. We've got a brand new giveaway for the podcast. So I've been able to give some really nice things to, to guests that have been on the podcast. And now I've got a Matthews Traverse to give away to you guys. So it's really easy. All you got to do is sign up for our newsletter. Just text "freebo" to two two eight two eight. Again, text FreeBow to two two eight two eight. It's a new Matthews Traverse. Uh, Dan will set it up to your draw link before we ship it out. We're gonna draw to give it away. Within the next month or so, uh, but but just an awesome giveaway. Uh, so great for Eastmans and Matthews to partner with this podcast and uh, have this bow to give to you guys. So make sure that you get signed up for that. Uh, and also, along you know with giveaways, uh, TagHub is just getting ready to give away a bunch to its new members. So TagHub, it's our new research tool that compiles all our MRS data into one place on the internet where you can search for units, get a feel for states, where you're going to put in. Um, and at TagHub, to members, they're doing a, a, a drawing where they're going to give away three rifles. They've got a pack. They've got a new... Sig Sauer Spotting Scope, which I mentioned to you guys earlier in the podcast. So, so just a, a real good giveaway. So make sure to get signed up for Tag Hub to help you study up for all these western states. Also make sure to check out Eastman's Hunting TV, set your DVR, um, get that on, on the outdoor channel, on any of your network providers. Uh, you, can, you can search our Beyond the Grid, it's our internet TV show, you can search that on YouTube. Uh, you find some of my episodes on there, and uh, uh, we put out a new episode every month. There's just great content. You find everything from from guys Marco Polo sheep hunt, Dan elk hunting. I've got some elk hunts, high country mule deer on there. So some great content. Make sure to make sure to check that out, and also check out our magazines. Uh, they're our staple uh, of great hunting information, Western hunting information, uh, Eastman's Hunting Journal, Eastman's Bow Hunting Journal and um, check those out so i appreciate the support make sure to follow that eastman's elevated instagram page that's where i'll announce that bow giveaway and again uh, text that number get put in for that free bow and uh, we'll give that thing away away here shortly so i've got the lampers on the podcast today this is eastman's elevated i'm your host brian barney let's get this thing rolling Okay, I'm live here. I'm at the Sportsman's Expo. I'm sitting down with a couple of my good friends. We're gonna do a, a joint podcast or a shared podcast with Hunt Harvest Health. Um, so I've got Doc Hiller here, and then uh, I've also got Ryan Lampers. Um, thanks you guys for being on. Yeah, thanks Sorry for Sorry if I'm losing us. my voice. I didn't mean for a squeak there, but <laughs> thanks for being on. Uh, I really appreciate you guys and appreciate everything you do in the industry. So great uh, we get to sit down and put on the headphones.
2: Absolutely, no. and. Um, you being only 40 minutes south of us, Brian, I'm surprised we haven't wrangled you into more of our podcast, but, uh, we've needed to for a while, but no, again, same to you. Appreciate everything you do for the industry. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We, uh, you know, we had you at our Western hunting summit last year and your the feedback, uh, afterwards from the survey that we did with the participants, uh, you, are on the top of the list for definitely the motivational speakers like everybody just absolutely loved the information that you had and the knowledge that was given during the hike and um very inspirational and uh i don't hunt so i was there but i listened to everybody talk and yeah you're just a great motivational person super excited about what you do and so um Thanks you so know, much. That is so nice.
0: Yeah, no,
2: I, thanks. I really appreciate that. I couldn't agree more. It's uh, You don't have to be a hunter. And if uh, Brian Barney is sitting up there on stage and he's talking for an hour, you get sucked into it because you're so animated and so excited up there. Like, you're just... You can feel your passion for what you love to do. And when you sit up there and you talk about backcountry hunting, whether it's mule deer or elk or whatever, um, no, you can just see it. It's, like, so evident that you love this thing. Even my wife, who doesn't hunt, was just completely enamored and sucked into your speech. And
1: I got to watch the videos, too, because, you know, we got all the videos after. And, yeah, yours is just great to watch. Uh, Lots of little good tidbits. Like, you have good one-liners all kinds of stuff in there i was like man brian and it's so natural he talks
2: with his hands it's it's great (laughs) i love it you can't see my hands (laughs) on the podcast but i i am animated (laughs) so
0: no thank you so much uh it's such a pleasure to be part of the summit thanks for including me in it Mm. the the hike and the adventure we topped the climb the sphinx up there and then camped on the saddle and just a classic high country Uh. spot spotted bears and then the speaking and the the classroom work and and the organization and and how you guys put it all together, um, you know, it, it it's no accident that it's doing well and it's picked up steam. And we're gonna do a bunch more this year, right? Oh my
1: gosh, we've got we were like-
2: four on the docket, and um, you know, not all the presenters are gonna be the same, uh, but there is one common theme. Uh, Brian Barney will be at all of them, so yeah, we're super excited. Um, but there, yeah, there's a bear summit. There's two elk summits now, so we had to add one because the popularity was it, elk sold out quick. And so we felt like we had to add another one because we had a wait list of people that wanted to get onto one. And then and then we've got the mule deer at the end of June. So June is like packed up with summits. And then we have our, the first one is the bear summit where you and I and Cody are gonna be, you know, taking some guys into the back country for three days. And um, basically trying to show folks what we're looking for and everything and anything bear hunting related. Uh, It's gonna be a blast. I'm super looking forward to it. And it's not just the education part of it that uh, is so much fun for me, but um, it's like a whole experience. Like I'm excited just to get these guys out that are looking to learn something and uh, whether it's bear, elk or or mule deer and uh, you get to take them on the mountain. I guess not holding their hand is not the right thing to say, but Take them up there and just kind of uh have them see what we are looking for what what has allowed you and i to have some success on the mountain in all of these camps you know um and so it we we, what we wanted to do is have a good educational piece to it a little bit of an adventure piece to it which is the hike um and then just an overall experience so we you know we're trying to cook folks good food and you know have a little music at the end of the day with uh your recent guest Dave Brinker will be there so um, He'll be there and then yeah, just making it a really unique experience But what we want get folks to come away with is just a confidence that they can take on a western hunt and feel good about going in to the mountains and Maybe they're not all going to become successful in the first couple years, but we're going to give them a lot of information To cut that learning curve. So they're getting pretty darn close anyway.
0: Yeah, you guys have worked so hard to put together the absolute best summit that you can, um, and you're right, you hit all those points. It's uh, educational, it's adventurous, like, and, and you get to go have an adventure with like-minded individuals and also... There's a mentor side to it too that I really enjoy. For so many years, me and you were out uh, uh, hunting the West and hunting all these different places, and there wasn't people weren't paying attention. They'd like your harvest photo, or they knew that you were a good hunter. Mm-hmm. But now, through this summit that you've created and this media, uh, uh, podcasting, like we're able to share it, and there, there's actually people listening that really mm-hmm. want to learn and, and uh, uh, they, they wait on the on the weight of your words, you yeah. know? They they really listen to everything you tell them and take it to heart. And they can shorten that learning curve. And you had a great saying at the summit when you brought it up to me and invited me to come to the first one. You said, I want to give these guys, mold, like I think you said like four years worth of experience in four days or something. That was, that was one yep. phrase that you coined there. And I think that's spot on, right? Yeah,
2: like, yeah, no, absolutely. No, I, I think, um, One of the things that I've noticed, and it's interesting, we just did a uh, a scholarship for the Bear Summit, so uh, giving away one spot. And so how that went was everybody put their name in there, numbers, and a short essay as far as why they wanted to learn Western hunting or bear-specific. And so we got all these essays from folks from all over the place, uh, close to 50 of them. And some of them were so good. Like, you could just kind of get the gist of there's a lot of people out there that, like I said, lack of confidence. um, They're just hungry for knowledge on what's going to allow them to do some of these adventures. Because, you know, you and I have been privy to these things for so long. And now we're sharing these with other people because we feel like, you know, this is we're getting big advantages from it. We get to see this lifestyle, but a lot of people just don't get to see it. They haven't had a mentor in their life to show them it even exists, and there's such a uh, you know a huge advantage to just knowing it's out there, and then you know having the education to go out and do it and take on these big adventures is it's life changing. So it's it's my favorite thing to do, and it's like a year-round process of getting ready for these things. So getting people excited about that, um, which it seems to have done. Uh, you know, it's, it's pretty humbling because we got all those essays and it was like, there was folks, adult onset folks that are just like starving for information. They don't know where to start. Um, and then there was like young gals and older ladies and fathers that they weren't exposed to hunting at a young age, but they're seeing some value in it now. So they want to learn all these things so they can pass that on to their kids. So it's this like this revolving door. Mm -hmm. So, um, no. Being allowed to do this and kind of educate people and get them inspired to go do these things is, no, it's it's something that Hill and I have really taken to, and we want to keep pushing it. And
0: well, and Hiller, you play such a huge role. Just all uh, uh, your. Your wealth of knowledge uh, uh, about health, and, um, uh, and and then putting everything together like uh, you were <laughs> definitely the social butterfly of the group of you two. Yes. <laughs> so oh, yeah. like uh, you you did a really good job of putting it together and making sure that that, that everything hit its mark. A- and then you're just so knowledgeable, and you give these guys good information on nutritional health.
1: Well, i kind of i kind of struggled uh, with what I was going to talk about because. I mean, I could talk about a lot of different topics. And I did realize the talk that I did, I think, uh, you know, you learn from it, You learn trial and error with things like this. Uh, like, I think some of a lot of it went over everybody's heads. And it was like Ryan was pretty much like, oh, geez, that was like going over my head, you know. But then I watched the videos. I went back and watched the videos. And I thought, yeah, okay, you know, um, learning how to talk with a community of people that, um, so that they're getting something from it and they're taking something away from it not making it too overly complicated. You know, a lot of people don't really even care about the mechanism. They actually care about like, what do I do? And so I've learned, I'm learning that as I go through this process that the, me- to me, the mechanism's really important because that dictates how things work, mm-hmm. but it's giving the information for people to make the active steps to change. Mm-hmm. And so, um... I also talked right after lunch. So I saw a lot of like guys that are like glassy eyed. They'd been getting beat up by you guys and then Mount (laughs) Tough killed them the (laughs) night before. And then they had, they were just jacked up from your guys' talks in the morning. And then we had lunch and they were all kind of like, and here I am talking about your immune system and like all these things. So I I think, uh, but what is so encouraging um, about the fact that we're gonna do it again, Because we weren't really sure, you know, we were like, let's do this and see what happens and see who even, I mean, we launched this in like April and we did it in June and we had, what, less than, we had about 30, 25, 30, I don't know how many people we had there about that. Not a huge group, but that's kind of what our group's going to be. No more than 40 people per summit. we realized like we really like that small community feeling And uh, we realized we have to launch it a lot earlier if we want to get the people that we want. Uh, But we also learned, you know, like how feeding people goes and handing out t-shirts and signing people in and release forms and like all the things, you know, you're like, let's just do this. Let's just throw something together. (laughs) (laughs) And then you realize like it's a massive amount of work. So this year we really have our work cut out for us. But the benefit of launching it much earlier Having it sell out, being able to do all this media talk and get people excited, we also have so many people that are willing to volunteer now and help us and come and hand out T-shirts and you know um, help with food and and that's great because before we were kind of like you know we were just trying to do it ourselves and we had some friends come from Pennsylvania but now so many people are excited and they want to be a part of it and so we we really would love to do a full summit of just scholarships that. That would be our goal because true mentorship isn't just, it's for everybody, whether you got money or not, whether you can afford it or not. I kind of tend to be in the group of if you value something, paying money for it makes you value it more. Like if somebody just hands you a jacket versus you paid, you worked hard for that jacket, you like might respect that jacket a little bit more, you know? Um, so we definitely believe that, uh, but we do believe that there's people out there that uh, writing an essay, these essays people wrote, I told, I have this cliche, it's like, it's like when you go to an orphanage, so I've only been to one orphanage in my life, it was in Russia, which is not the place you want to go to an orphanage and it's really depressing. I mean, you want to adopt every single child in there, you want to save every kid in there and you can't, you have to leave and you're heartbroken. It's like reading these essays was like, you want to adopt all 50 of these people. Because whether they wrote five sentences or five paragraphs about it, it's like they took the time to do it. You know, everybody's finished with, I so, I'm so i so happy you took the time to read this and that you would even consider me for a second to be a part of this experience, to be with you guys and to be learning from all these. And it's just like... It's so, like, amazing. So we, um, we feel that community in any, anything is important, but having that community with people that are willing to come and spend their money and to learn and are, are craving that stuff mm-hmm. um, is, is so valuable to us. And so we would hope that we could, we could get people on board to, for more scholarships and to help people that, you know, they got four kids. And they can't, they can't come, or they can't, and we want to, we want to help them do that. So, but we have a lot of goals. You know, you got to start slow. Ryan's kind of did not. We started slow, and now we're going out of the gate. all, like in. all in, bam. <laughs> but it's going to be a really fun year. We've added new things. and we're going to have a Saturday night celebrity chef dinner, where oh, wow. we're going to have another cook, uh, cooking thing. And we're going to have a lot of fun. And that's what it's really about. Um, and, and luckily hunters aren't too uptight. You guys are all pretty laid back. So when we screw up a little bit, there's a lot of forgiveness there.
2: Roll with the punches. Yeah. yeah. And we're going to figure it out. You know, as we continue to do more of these, it'll get better and better and better. And logistically, we'll have, I think there was a few things that we could have done better last year. Quite a few things, actually. But um, one of the things that excites me the most about this as we roll through it is um, just like seeing the opportunity to um, bring more people into the community because like i said when you read those essays you're like a lot of these people have never hunted before but yeah something they are not
1: people that are coming here they're not people that are they
2: not yeah they don't something has sparked like hunting. an interest in it i don't know if it's they've they've talked to someone who's been out there and they've they've hunted a little bit something has got them like interested they just are a little intimidated to jump right in you know because a lot of them are just starting out on their careers they have young kids and just think about that like you and i have been doing this our whole life but if you were you know in your 20s or 30s and you're thinking about just jumping into hunting yeah there's a lot there you know fortunately now there's great podcasts out there where you can get a ton of good information um but i also want to i think that there's some pretty good value in just coming with us onto the mountain and actually see i'm i'm way more visual like i learn things um you know through hearing through podcasts and whatnot but i when i'm seeing it physically like done on the mountain um i get a lot more out of it so i think i think just seeing that uh, we have opportunity to grow the community a little bit um from people that just haven't been aware or they're just starting to see a little bit of interest is pretty cool. So hopefully that continues. Well,
0: and, um, you know, along those lines, like, um, you know, There's so much information, it's information day and age, but it's hard to put that into context. It's hard to use that information. So when you get to go up in a mountain, like I've always said, experience is the best teacher. And now you get to go up on the mountain, you know, with a handful of some of the most successful public land western hunters out there. You know, the, the group that you guys have put together, you know, and so that is a powerful thing like you you can really further your learning curve you know through that like being up on the mountain glassing off that knob like like seeing you know what kind of meadows we're looking for as far as bear features what we're looking for for elk features or mule deer so it just puts it into context and allows them to use some of this information that they've been taking in and in a I definitely don't envy you guys having to pick a winner out of those essays (laughs) when they're so heartfelt and these guys are pouring their heart Mm. and soul out to you. Well,
1: we had, we had, so we picked four people out of those 50 and then Ryan contacted them and said, listen, we picked your essay, please write another one. So then they came back with Well, I added a
2: couple of things, you know. Questions, um, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yep. my gosh.
1: And then those were like, I said, <laughs> I can't pick, dude. We can't p- How am I going to pick between those? That's impossible. Like, how do you tell somebody that just told you that, that they didn't win? Somebody yeah, else was better than them. Like, it, that. it's not like a better thing. It's like you have to make this decision about something that's almost impossible to make a decision about. Because they are literally like telling you the same thing just in the way they tell you and yeah.
2: you they're all deserve i mean maybe everybody not deserving is the word everybody but they all deserve something for the amazing essays that wrote in so i have other people picking them out but um i just yeah, couldn't we do it just myself had to hand so it cool off. that you
0: guys offer the scholarship and mm-hmm. then the plans for the future of doing a summit that's all scholarships yep. Yep. like um you you guys are such good people and you're just in it for the right reasons to really help and add value to this. Like, you want to make it absolutely as good as you can make it. And I thought last year's went really well. Like, I think we did really good. I yeah. think we but did But to great. hear you guys say that, oh, there's these improvements we can make. And I just know your attitude, right? right? I know how you guys, how you work at least that, um, you know, I didn't kill a giant mule deer the first time I went out in the mountains. It took me years. It took mm-hmm. me gaining that experience, gaining that knowledge. and. and And same thing here, as you guys move forward with these Western hunting summits, you guys are going to get better and better at organizing it, putting it together, uh, scheduling the speeches at the right time, after lunch, before lunch, whatever, because it's powerful knowledge that you're giving out. It's just, you learn these little tricks of how you can be better, but um, yeah, I I mean, if I know one thing about you, you're going to continue to evolve this and add the absolute most value you can to
2: it. Yeah, and that was a big part of why we put this kind of survey off on the end of it was to uh just kind of get the overall consensus of every little thing that the attendees you know would offer for offer us that how we could do it better and so you know we take that and that's how we're trying to make it you know better for everyone that was and and i think all of our you know i'm not a great speech giver at all you're really good at it uh but i think as we all continue to do this more we'll get better And uh, be able to present it a lot better and teach folks, you know, much better than I know I did last year. Well, no, but you're you're
1: hard on yourself. I watched all the videos, and I watched your talk just like I watched Brian's. And I've seen you do that talk a number of times. And you get better and better at it each time. You get more comfortable with it. It becomes more natural, Um, you know. I you're harder on yourself yeah. than anybody. See, I like
0: hearing your guys' speeches because I'm in my own head all the time. So when I sit back and then listen to you guys talk, like I'm able to learn and yeah. get information from it. So yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, we're always so self-critical, aren't oh, we? Oh, for sure. And, and even, you know, I'm guilty of it too. I hate listening to myself. I hate watching myself on the TV. I make myself do it for improvement so mm-hmm. I can get better at it. But it's painful at times, you yeah. know, but we're, we're all self-critical and sometimes we do need to be easier on ourselves and, and sometimes we do need to be self-critical and look at ourselves honestly and see where we can improve or where we can get better and you know i just i know this platform has made me way better at at public speaking at speaking in general at uh being able to articulate my thoughts like because i just do it all the time so you know it it um we're we're all a little too self-critical at times but it's also good and what makes us better
1: Yep. Well, no. too, if, if I come from a little bit of a different perspective because I don't hunt, right? So I think about if I were going to start hunting. I mean, obviously, I'm married to Ryan, so, you know, I have a great teacher. But I we get a lot of messages. Like I just got one this morning from a gal that I know that's got three young children, and she follows us. And every time I post something, she sometimes replies with things. And she's she, she sent a thing today, and she's just like, this community seems so cool and it seems so it would be so cool to have my kids exposed to like learning about this. But she said, but as a mother, I'm really scared. It scares me, too. There's like a fear about hunting. Like, where do I start? Do, what do I do with weapons? Like, what are my kids like? How do they learn this? And how do I not be scared of them doing it? And that's like a huge question, right? Because if I was a mother who didn't have a spouse who hunted and my son was like, this is what I want to do. And he was like using weapons and guns and like, you know, obviously you take hunter safety, but it's a big question for a lot of people where they look at the lifestyle and they think, you know, that would be so cool to have the experience to go into the mountains and to learn about animals and to actually kill your own meat. And, but It's kind of scary. And, like, so many people are afraid of even, like, bears. You even hear hunters talk about that. They're like, oh, my God, it was dark in the middle of the night. I was climbing, like, a creek bed. There's grizzlies. Like, people, you just think about the average person, the thought of being with, like, a bear, even a black bear, in the middle of the night. Most people won't even go camping because they're afraid of bears. So all these questions that come up for people that think about their children and they think about what they would like their children to do Mm -hmm. how do I teach my children this Mm -hmm. when I'm scared of it how do I teach them not to be scared and so that's an interesting question it
2: sure is yeah absolutely no and I love it because it's just like uh, as these roll in it's just given us opportunity to like put her mind at ease like she's got young children but she's basically like begging for how do I How do I learn? How do I figure this out? Is it going to be safe for my kids? Um, Some of the steps that it would take to allow me to be comfortable to let my kids get into this thing. Because right now, she's pretty intimidated by it. But Rightfully so. It mm-hmm. is
0: intimidating for people that aren't into it. I absolutely understand your point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it makes sense.
2: Yeah, there's a pretty big barrier to entry, and I think a lot of us lose sight of that. We that do. have done it our whole lives.
0: It just gets normal to, to right. you and I that, like you say, we've been doing it forever. Right. But I've been thinking about this summit a lot, uh, thinking about what I want to talk about and how I can how it can really help these guys out like the information that's really going to help them be more successful in the next couple of years so i've been thinking about it long and hard i am super excited for it. it's going to be fun
2: now I, I can't wait for the hike i mean selfishly i like to hike and now that there's four of them that just means four big hikes for for you and i so we get to spend time on the mountain um in one of the most amazing places in the valley that you live in and um and yeah, like last year, I, pre- I really appreciated uh, the fact that you brought us to a spot like you, picked, I, I gave full like reins to you to, to find a spot for us for the hike. And, and you picked the perfect spot. I mean, we saw a ton of G bears, like six different G bears, a bunch of black bears, elk, a couple of muley bucks and a bunch of goats. And that's everything that they were looking for. And we could kind of explain, you know, this is what, this is how we're glassing and, you know, explaining how we're really efficient with the glass is difficult unless you're physically showing them. Um, And then talking about approaches and and answering anybody's questions that they might have on how we would tackle something like that. So now I'm I'm excited about that. And um, we're gonna just keep up in the game and hopefully, hopefully we find some unique spots Outside of the hike that we did last year, you know we've got to we've got to up our game when it comes to finding a great mule deer spot because obviously we want to show these guys some mule some mule deer and, and whatnot. But um, no, the place that it that it's at, you know, the Madison Range and all that, it's it's just a we're blessed to have it there, and that's why we want everybody to come to Bozeman for these summits. We don't want to take it anywhere because I think anybody and everybody is gonna just fall in love with the place when they get there and they see it. And it's just, it's just ripe with adventure. So mm-hmm. even though we're only doing it for two days or three days on the Bear Summit, we just get to see a lot. Mm-hmm. It's impressive yep. out there. So. Well,
0: um, I'll, I'll help. We've got those four hikes that we know have coming up, and we should probably do three or four scouting hikes to, oh, yeah, to find the right sure. spot. So I'll <laughs> definitely help out wherever I can. I, I, I want to pick those really good spots. It, it, picking the good spot makes it educational like that spot last year it just worked out and i had to try to i had ideas just racing through my head because i go to all these beautiful places and i know the range so much but also there was a lot of snowpack yes and so some of the perfect spots i had picked out there was still four feet of snow in there and so like i was scrambling to make sure i had a good spot and it all worked out the vantage point the climb to the top like it it ended up being really cool but yeah if we can We can keep evolving that like everything else yeah i'm sure we can get these guys some good spots where it really helps them learn and absorb the information
2: initially i wanted it to be like just an absolute death march right (laughs) i was like be ready for 10 plus miles and an absolute grind in some steep elevated country um i think i've realized not the best idea there's always going to be different levels so um, it was a pretty good level for what we had it last was. year. And it, it was, was nice
0: that some guys could summit, yep. and then some guys could make it to the saddle and camp right yep. there. Yep, So uh, different ability levels, you know, could 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 kind of pick their poison.
2: Yeah, last year was unique because, uh, yeah, I did the same thing. Um, Cody and I, you know, did some hikes early thinking this is where we want to take the guys. And then we we're like post-holing through deep snow, and it's like, yeah, we don't really want to put guys through this absolute grind so yeah it's just on us i mean definitely you and i are gonna have to do some time ahead of season and fortunately it's bear season so we'll be up there anyway mm-hmm. hunting so now it'll be good No, oh,
0: i can't wait you're a resident now you're gonna have a resident montana I know. tag
2: oh i got big plans for montana this year oh i bet yeah <laughs> uh, it's fun
0: isn't it absolutely um, yeah so. and you're just getting back from the desert uh yep. What a trip down there! That place is special, isn't it? Sonoran Desert mule deer—like uh, you really wanted to go more for the desert mule deer this year, mm-hmm. as I did. Yep. Um, you know, I just wanted to to uh, embark on like this new habitat. And I'm not that good at hunting the desert, but a lot of our skills transpose to different places, you yep. know, through our experiences. But I really enjoyed learning those mule deer and and the big flats that they live in and kind of their tendencies and trying to figure it all out now i didn't pick the you know i'm still learning and still trying to gather information and a few days of it and man i had to run and go chase some coos deer just because i've got some good spots and it was action but um i really enjoyed it congratulations on your your desert mule deer man that's a stud of a mule deer
2: yeah thank you that's what's special about that place too is uh it's not like just one thing you know it's an either or tag you can go chase coos or mule deer with the same dang tag um but everything how that whole hunt is like the weather's pretty good i mean coming from montana it's gosh i think it was 14 degrees when i left yeah, my it was place cold
1: that week we had some below zero temps and then you running. know
2: rolling into air the desert down there is like 63 68 degrees just completely different and um you know, it's not just the big game stuff, but I had fun just going off and chasing jackrabbits and Mern's quail and all the other little things. Uh, I was fortunate to get that buck, so I had a couple of days at the end there to just go chase those. But, um, yeah, what a fun place. Like, I've always been a mountain hunter, Brian, but that desert is like a whole unique set of challenges when it comes to getting yourself in on some of them bigger bucks. I mean, it's just different, Right. It's frustrating at times, like trying to find a vantage in places where there's, you know there's giant muleys out there, but sometimes you just have no ability to see them. Like you're looking for any kind of a mound to look out into these flats and then pick up bucks. But um, I'm just learning it. I'm still very, very new. I feel like a rookie down there, but uh, I was super lucky to find just a quality, big, mature buck. And honestly, like I could have looked to the left And looked at coos deer and then you look to the right and mule deer it's either or it's like 50 50 in this place so uh, yeah super unique Um, I feel like I'm just gonna keep doing this hunt and learning it as I go and who knows maybe one of these years I'll go back to coos deer but I tell you what that (laughs) after seeing the size of the mule deer down there some of the age class and the dark heavy horns that they have i don't know i don't know it's like i kind of lost sight of a uh, coos deer pretty fast okay. and uh I, th- I love the coos
0: but yeah i definitely <laughs> want to spend more time doing it trying yeah. to figure it out yeah what well, and i just think you know challenging ourselves for different species in different habitats and mule deer live in so many diverse habitats and i yeah. love them like the foothills the sagebrush the big mountains the 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 early season the late season there's so much to mule deer and I yeah. I know you're a mule deer guy like me I don't think there's any finer species on planet earth but hunting them in that desert terrain finding new vantage point it's just all new to me and yeah. then I was also tracking over there like oh really um so the the flats that I picked were pretty thick I spot a buck down there and he may disappear and then it's like well, I can see his tracks down there in the sand. If I go get on those tracks, it leads to that buck in and through there somewhere. I want to develop my tracking skills more because tracking is a lost art.
2: Absolutely. And you talk
0: about these African trackers that can track these animals and track them down uh, uh, and are so good at tracking and really... You know, I've improved in my tracking over the years just from archery hunting. When you hit something, mm-hmm. you have to CSI, follow the blood trail. And a lot of times it's drip to, to drip. Sometimes the blood runs out and you're just on tracks or just scuffs. And so it makes you better. But I want to develop that skill more. I am a spot and stock hunter, but sometimes if I saw a big buck, it'd be fun to develop those tracking skills and go, okay, I saw him down there. He's a giant one, but he's living in the middle of that flat out there. There's yeah. no other vantage point. There's yep. no other way to kill him. I'm going to go get on his tracks and see if I can track him down. I just think that's an interesting way to think about it.
2: <laughs> that's funny. We were talking about that on that hunt. Um, I felt like, you know, trying to break down, like, how, how are you going to be successful on these bucks and these, in this type of conditions, like the flats? And it did. It boiled down to, well, I'm going to have to go back to still hunting, like creeping through these flats, tracks, whatever, and, um, and trying to pick up these deer before they pick up me. There's really no other way around it. And uh, I think a lot of those areas out there, they, that's why these bucks are getting so big. They're just, it's really hard to hunt them. Yep. And unless you're kind of creeping through the desert in those flats around all the cactus and everything else, still hunting or tracking, there's just no other way to do it. So, no, yeah. it's going to be a fun challenge. And, and I think you're right. I think the tracking skills coming back into play, I feel like uh, I, for the longest time, I feel like I was past the days of still hunting. But now I see an area like that. And I'm like, okay, this. well, it makes sense here. Like, this is definitely probably the only way um, I'm going to be able to hunt this type of environment where it's just beyond flat. No ability to spot and stalk at all, but they're out there for sure. Yeah, that, that still
0: hunting. Um, like you say, you get in the spot and stalk game and you create so many opportunities and you believe in it wholeheartedly that that's the only way I want to hunt. But I think it's a mix and match of these skills. Like, like, as I get further in my hunting career, like that, that ability to still hunt, even if you're a spot and stock hunter, that comes into play because eventually you have to relocate that deer in close proximity. You may see him a mile, you may have his point marked, you might know exactly where he is, but a lot of times you have to still hunt into that place because he may move beds, he may be up and feeding, or you don't know exactly where he is on the ground level, it looks so much different when you're there on the ground. Absolutely. So so yeah, you, we have to be really good at our at our still hunting, being yeah. able to move quietly and slowly and pick apart the country and um, the element of surprise. Yeah. I mean, that's the key to bow hunting. You have to keep the element of surprise. See yep. them before they
2: see you. Absolutely. No, I, I remember the days of, of still hunting and how wiped out I would be, you know? And, uh, you know, similar to like a stock, you know, you're going so slow. Your muscles are tight, you know. You're just creeping along, and um, you know, going, just moving at a super, super snow, slow snail's pace. Um, it wears you out, man. It wears it, you it's out. It's so much harder on you than just like cruising country to a spot.
0: Hillary, it's like a, it's <laughs> like a, a one yoga pose after the next. You wouldn't think moving slow would be difficult, but to try to move slow and quietly and control all those muscles as you go, it, it yeah. just exhausts you. And and especially then, if you have to crawl or belly crawl or anything like that, slowly. I mean, you're holding a yoga pose. I'm guessing too.
1: There's like some adrenaline involved, right? So oh, adrenaline
0: dump. You have
1: adrenaline because you're, but you can't, like you're moving very slowly. So all that is probably contributing to your muscle tension. Yeah,
2: I think a lot of people don't understand how difficult or how like intense it is. Or how like hard it is on your body until you've gone and, and done it. And I don't know how you would like try to teach a new hunter, like or explain to a new hunter. Try moving at a sloth-like pace, like the lat- 150 yards as slow as you possibly can. Maybe it's on your on your knees or on your belly. It physically drains you. Yeah, without making a noise, 100%.
1: Without like dragging your bow or kicking a stick or like breathing too loud or I don't know. Well, and you. also like
2: when a deer picks you up, you know, when you got, you yeah. have that freeze moment and you're on one foot and you're just like <laughs> every like muscle is, is tensed up. <laughs>
1: you gotta hold it? You come
2: away just wiped out at the end <laughs> of it. Oh my <laughs> gosh. The the freeze kills me. <laughs> like, uh, bow
0: hunting, it's such a patience game and I just try to get better and better at it and more and more patience but um, that That holding still, so so many times you're on the stock, and all of a sudden there's a doe heads up. There's a doe's head up, or a cow's head up, or you run into the herd, but you're not into the buck that you can shoot. And so you just end up having to hold still. And you wouldn't think holding still would be that (laughs) difficult. Um, You hold absolutely still, and it may only be a couple minutes, maybe stretch into 5, 10, 20 minutes. Your body is screaming at you to move. Like your muscles almost start to seize up. Like I could stand here and talk <laughs> to you guys, but you're always adjusting and yeah, shifting your yeah. weight yeah. to hold absolutely still and not move. It's a killer. I can't even describe it, other than if you just hold still for thirty minutes well, and it's don't like move the a survivor muscle.
1: Survivor challenges, it, hardest challenges are those ones where they make you stand on like one foot holding up a thing and you just got to stand there and like a thing on your head or whatever you cannot if you move and that thing falls off you lose I love
0: those endurance challenges and (laughs) those
1: people are like cramping they're like oh, and it'll be like five minutes ten minutes yeah. Thirty minutes, well, and, and I
0: love that it almost oh. for those people. It doesn't come down to their build or their muscles. It comes down to their mind, their, yes. their oh mental yeah. strength. Usually, you know?
2: it's yeah. those big, tough guys, you know, that They're that have just that are first. ripped weightlifters. They don't last very long. No like their muscles just start screaming for oxygen they just don't have
0: that endurance in their muscles but uh it's funny you mentioned survivor so me and my younger daughter Mm -hmm. love Survivor. we watch it together It's something we do together you know (laughs) and so we watch it but i love those endurance challenges are my (laughs) favorite well we have the same thing so when
1: ryan and i were like first married gosh survivor just come out or something And we started watching those, and it was like we had a few TV shows we watched every week. Survivor was one of them. It's kind of funny because there's so much drama in it. It's just like they pick the people, and they create drama. So there's so much, like, bickering and gossip and all this stuff. But the challenges, you know, and so now, yeah, our 11-year-old, when she was little, she's like, Dad, a challenge is on. (laughs) And then we watch the challenges. Like, those are some hard. And not only that, you haven't eaten maybe anything more than like a piece of rice and it's a hundred degrees outside and humid and you got mosquito bites all over your body and you probably haven't even found clean water Mm. and they're making you do that challenge yeah it's like like, it's maybe you know really harsh but yeah
2: no it's great it's fun to watch
0: it play out isn't it and (laughs) and you're right there there's definitely a survival element in the the feed and being able to take care of themselves but a lot of it is that social dynamic you oh. know that's what that show is built on now it's just that social dynamic and watching that gameplay and strategy you, know? and so yeah, you almost get
2: hosed if you're Ryan like any it. kind of a physical specimen or yeah. if like you're really good at challenges like they want you out of there you're out of there yeah so you better have a great You better sandbag game. a little bit yeah
1: i told <laughs> we for years we tried to get Ryan mm-hmm. to apply cuz he could go on there Family, he's,
0: too he's
1: good right like <laughs> he can yeah. he can handle people pretty good he's yeah. quiet good he,
0: socially he doesn't great like
1: talk a lot He doesn't he's make not, waves he's not like a blabber no <laughs> but he'd get kicked. I mean, he would catch all the fish and kill the animals. They'd kick him right off. He'd be gone. The, yeah. the other like, one
0: I like. He's uh, a
1: provider. He's gone. Do you
0: guys ever watch Alone? Yes. Oh, That's yeah. a yeah. great one. Oh, the guy it? crying.
1: Like, he's been there 24 hours in the dark crying for his <laughs> wife. And I'd say to Ryan, I'd say, is that what you would do? That's what my wife and tells she, me. And he's like, are you kidding me? And I said, they, I bet you they're oh. contracted. They have to turn those cameras on and talk to the camera. Yep. I was like, Is that what you'd be saying about me? And he's like, Hell oh, no, I wouldn't even be talking to that camera. <laughs> and I'm like, They probably make you. They probably make you every uh, night. You, it's part of the deal. You got to turn those cameras on. And uh, Ryan would win that. Mm-hmm. He would win it. He oh, would with w- Without a well, no doubt. I, I that is th- his dream. Yeah. I'm going to put you on Vancouver Island with nothing but like a few tools and you got to get your own food and survive the wild animals so and then well outlast I think, people, I think any he's like, that's my dream vacation, yeah, I'm there. My is. wife
2: tells me, my wife tells me I never come home. It's like, it's like <laughs> I think any solo backcountry guy <gasps> who has spent enough time in the mountains would do very, very, very well and alone, yes. no doubt about it, because it is a mind game, just like it is when you're in the mountains by yourself. A lot of people can't handle that, and a lot of people don't even think about it. So, there, yeah, you see guys that are on there for like 24 hours, and they're just like in their own head, and they've never had to be by themselves for that amount of time, and then boom, they're gone.
1: There's a gal that she would have won it, but she cut her hand with the axe. Mm-hmm. Remember that girl? Chopping wood. She was tough like Alaskan lady. She probably would have won it. But she was chopping her wood, and she sliced her hand open, those, and she had to leave because she was, like, bleeding everywhere. And, the, but
0: those shows kill me because I'm a, a, a carpenter, but I'm, I'm very safe with knives, no, sharp power tools, hatchets. I mean, all that, I, I, I never injure myself, I never cut myself, I just know the right ways to use it, I've been doing it for years, so I'll see him on there, I can see the accident before it ever oh. happens, I just see the mistake they made, and I, I start cringing and you're going, like, oh, look. it's going to happen, you know, they're <laughs> cutting towards their hand, or whatever the case, but yeah, those are kind of fun That's to watch, but you know, you're spot on, Ryan, as we've honed that skill throughout the years, where we have, you know, the benefit of hundreds of days of being alone in Absolutely. the wilderness and multiple trips and going through that that headspace. And and that's exactly what you go through hunting too. You get out there in the woods and it all of a sudden it's real and it's tougher than you thought and you have challenges that you have to overcome. But you get better at better at handling it. So you're right. We've honed that skill to where it, uh, it'd it be cheating to put us on there at this point.
2: <laughs> it would. It would. Yeah, we have well, a huge advantage. He, got,
1: he, got, he probably doesn't want to tell people this, but he got uh, scouted for Naked and Afraid. Oh,
2: yeah. Oh.
1: And they threw a social media. And we thought it was like a joke at first. But that's how they scout people because they want survivalist people on there. Like you have to fill out a survival thing. <laughs> and he says to me, So, uh, and I was like, are you kidding me? And he says, well, let's see how far we can go. And then they said to him, well, we're going to do a couple show. We had just started our podcast. And they said, would your wife want to do this? So, I'm a doctor and, like, survivor and alone and all. Like, do you see how bad those mosquito bites are? Those people's skin is, like, ruined. Do you see, like, the chiggers and the gut bacteria they get and the parasites and they're like never the same. I don't care about being naked. I'll be naked. I am <laughs> not gonna get a parasite in some <laughs> weird African country that's like gonna kill me and dehydrate <laughs> me to the point where I can't function. I was like he's like email her back. They want to interview. I was like no way I'm not emailing them back. And then he went like all loved the way to the end.
2: They went all the way
1: to the end and they wanted him. And he was like no, dude, I don't do naked in front of nobody, but, like, myself and my wife. But he would uh, you know, and they're like, are you okay if you're on, th- would your wife be okay if you were on there with another woman naked? And he's like, sure, <laughs> she'd be fine with that. We <laughs> had such I good wives, <laughs> though. They <It's> so understanding. <laughs> And I, I was like, oh. I would be rolling watching <laughs> him naked with a woman he didn't know. Mm. And, God, he'd get a woman that would probably just, like, Drive him batty. Well,
0: they do pair you like, up with people that you don't uh, like that are you know, going to be. They want conflict. Yeah. He would get it, like
1: people think I'm hippy dippy. Oh, they pair him up with probably like some chakra cleansing <laughs> like chakra <laughs> cleansing <laughs> oh, like that's girl funny. that's like you know vegetarian won't eat the food that he that gets that would be her. a requirement for sure oh yeah. my gosh and I would just <laughs> be rolling and not only that he's got to cuddle with her naked while they got mosquito bites and sugar <laughs> and stuff all over him <laughs> but no I, I, I like see those challenges and I see those things and they look so cool like what an experience but I have too much. I know too much about. That's why with him, it's like make sure you sterilize your water. You know what uh, I mean? Yeah. Like
0: we uh. just get so much out of hunting <laughs> that it, we can't give that. Like that's our that's our focus. You yeah. know. And so, like you look at these shows and then you go, oh, but it takes place in September. No, thanks. Yeah. No, I don't want to do it. But you know why like, they're
1: attractive? People want a <laughs> challenge in their life. So they see that and they see like, who was the guy on Survivor that we loved, the long-haired kid. What was his name?
2: I can't remember. Oh, he can't won. They brought him too. back Cash. over
1: and over again. And he was like, he did everything. He was like a great athlete. Slammed He's like the great.
2: surfer dude, the uh. swimmer guy. But, yeah, you know, it's remember.
1: like but people see him and they're just like, I want that. I want the challenge. I want to be out there and f- do that physical stuff. And you think about it, it sounds great, you know. But, man, Look. you get out there, you know, it's It's difficult. And like, you guys are just so used to so many years of just creating so much difficult situation for yourself. It's like, you need that. You need that, right? Like, coming back to everyday life without that is kind of like, oh my gosh, people. There's no challenge in your life, right?
0: You're spot on. Yeah. Yeah, people, uh, they need that challenge, you know, and they need something in their lives. And the the great thing about it is you don't have to be on one of those shows to challenge yourself no. in nature, <laughs> you know, that, that, there's, that there's ways to go about it where you can go experience. And part of it is like going to the summit, learning the skills so you can get out and go backpacking around and chase yeah. things with your bow. And it is such a challenge when you get <laughs> out there. And some people have a perception, you know, maybe they don't want to hunt or they just, but there's, there's there's something different about being in the woods and having this immense challenge to try to get within a stone's throw of a mature animal like, like that. I love floating the river. Um, But floating the river while fly fishing is ten times cooler than me. Mm. Being in the woods, I love being in the woods. I love camping. I love. But if I'm scouting or if I'm hunting, it just makes it so much more. Like it just means so much more to me, or I get so much more out of it, or I'm so much more engaged in what I'm doing. I'm not just bored sitting around a camp. Like I'm trying to hike to vantage points and I'm trying to figure it out solve the puzzle but that's what i really love about it
1: yeah
2: yeah it's funny that's like one of the phrases that i've used with my wife over and over and over is figuring it out like you know we used to travel back to montana and uh, i remember we'd be driving by a river or a lake or whatever (laughs) the mountains and be like man i just want to learn that i want to learn that mountain right there and i think a lot of hunters are just like that right you want to break something down and figure it out figure out how the animals move through it How the fish, like you and I both have steelheaded a lot, you know, and we want to break down a river and figure out where they're at, what's the best approach, how to catch them. And um, I love, like, taking that challenge and just figuring out an area. That's why traveling around and doing these new hunts all the time, like Arizona, um, I like this new challenge of, okay, here's a whole environment that I've never been, like, I've never even dealt with anything like this. And last year for me, it was coos deer. This is a whole different thing going on. But uh-huh. you get it figured out. Like, you get it, you get it, immerse yourself in it, and then just like start picking it apart, figuring out all these little things that are going to help you be successful. So, well, you know, I love too, that when challenge. it's a
1: new challenge because I get pictures of like cactuses.
2: Like, Look, I haven't seen cactus. these before. He's
1: like, have you seen <laughs> this before? And I'm like, well, yeah. But he's like, I've never seen a cactus like this. You know, so there's like all these new little challenges that. Yeah. Make it hard, right? That,
0: that's a great way to explain it, Ryan. Yeah, we're we're explorers by nature. It's in our DNA. I love to go new places. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. You know, I visit some old places, but when the first time when you're in a new place, I take thousands of pictures. Just like I pictures of cactus and pictures of. A, a, Uh, This and that, and I'm trying to identify all the different plants. You know, the ocotillos and the 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 barrel cactuses, swaro cactuses, the the prickly pear. The you just like you immerse yourself in this different habitat. But it's so wild when you're in a new place that's unfamiliar. Yeah, everything is new again. So you got to figure it out.
2: Yeah, the deer are feeding on different things. I mean, you see those barrel cactuses, and then you see these muleys walk up to them, and they're they're feeding on the top flower on that barrel cactus. And then you walk up to the barrel cactus and you're looking at it and you're like, how in the world are they actually chewing on this thing, you know? And those little uh, cholla cactus and all yeah. that kind of stuff.
0: Oh, that's nasty stuff, Man. isn't it? That? that cholla cactus. I and you know. can get in some patches where it's like, I don't even know how I'm going to get through here. So have you, have you seen those, Hillary? Uh-uh. So they're called a jumping cactus. And oh, so and he's told me about they, they have all these little balls of cactus that, like hundreds of them, that are all connected in like this, um, you know, in this bush. And if if you just brush it, say your pack brushes it, these cactuses will jump off and get on on you. And once they're stuck in you, like, you can't get them off because every time you grab it, it's sticking you again. They're just (laughs) super nasty cactuses. Uh, But you get in these patches where I'll be crawling or I'll be trying to make my way through, and I'm just in a field of those things. And I go...
2: I don't know how I'm gonna make it across <laughs> this thing. You know, it's just wild, but something
0: totally new to me.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I got one stuck in my wrist on this past trip when I was down there, and man, I got I plucked that thing out, and um, you know, it just got like right in a vessel, you know, and so my whole wrist swoll up, and I was like, gosh dang. But Are they these get, poisonous? <laughs> yeah, I, and I had no idea. But um, no, I think that's what's cool about new areas is uh, just learning all the little things that that you weren't accustomed to before so um yeah those cactus i'm still like scratching my head trying to figure out how animals actually survive in that environment down there and just watching them and seeing what they're chewing on and all the the prickly stuff and everything's got a spike on it and they just they just cruise through this stuff i mean if you've seen a coos deer just run away from a noise how fast they move through how they're not just getting gored and just you know, completely stuck with cactus, I have no idea.
0: Oh, isn't that the truth? Yeah. Um, they, they just evolved to these habitats over hundreds of you know, over thousands of years, uh, and, and that's what makes it cool is these mule deer, they're all the same species, but there's so many subspecies mm-hmm. that evolved to these specific environments, you know, and yeah, it amazes me to see how a 150 or 200 pound mule deer can eat enough to survive out there, or for that matter, you know, elk in some places, how they mm-hmm. survive, you know, they're just such a big animal to live off grasses, you know, right. it, uh, it amazes me sometimes. Huh. yeah absolutely yeah well um i always like talking to you guys uh let's go through uh hillary any
1: closing thoughts any closing thoughts Hmm. the summit let's let's get uh, some good (laughs) advice from doc here (laughs) yeah yeah oh geez uh well i would just encourage uh you know my job and i think in this uh, this platform that we have is obviously to encourage people to be healthier and to take better care of themselves uh it's never too late to do that and I think watching you guys, I, I feel that adventure and um, new things, and having a goal and having passion for something, even though we get older, it can keep you young. I've seen that in this industry with people that are really motivated and love what they're doing, and whether it's they have a company they're doing something, or like you, they have a podcast, or they just absolutely. Um, are willing to take those adventures and to take the risk and to overcome their fear which is like before i said i think fear is a big driver of people not doing things in their life they're afraid of of what that means or what's going to happen or what might not happen or what they think is going to happen how they think other people are going to see them or judge them especially in the hunting industry you know and i would just tell people that I think one of the best things you can do to probably have more adventures in your life and to be um, healthier is to is to overcome the fear of the unknown and to just take baby steps uh, t- towards your goal and get information from people like you guys. And uh, if, if it's hunting you want to do, you know, invest in something like the Hunting Summit and invest in yourself, but really, just try to overcome your fear, whatever it is. You got to lose weight, and you're afraid of it. You don't know how to change your life. Like, there's so much information out there. There's so many people out there willing to help you, and um, help you have more adventures in your life. Because we live a long time now, and if you want to live those years having a lot of good memories and good relationships and um, and adventure, you know you got to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. So that would be my last man. Thing.
0: Um, so she that's killed good. her closing thoughts, Ron. That's going to oh, be man. a tough
2: one to top. That's great advice, Hillary. Gosh, yeah, you know, that's a tough I'm one to sh- follow. I should have jumped right in. I'm the shot yeah. yeah. right That away. was my chakra
1: first. cleansing closing <laughs> <laughs> for you guys.
2: Uh, wasn't too hippie, <laughs> And but. always clear your root chakra while you're at it. <laughs> um, gosh, closing thoughts. Uh, well, I'd like to thank you, Brian, personally, because um, you know I appreciate all you do for the community and. Helping me out with this summit, I feel like, uh, you know, we're taking those steps to introduce people into this thing that you and I love. I know there's there's a lot of us um, like you and I that have been able to experience these things and um, put a ton of time out on the mountain and just realize what it gives back to us. And then we're able to give that back to the family. But, um, you know, taking on these events, I feel like I finally hit this place where, um, you know, giving back is so cliché. But it's true because I feel like we're at this point now in our community where we have this perfect opportunity to introduce whether it's health minded people or it just seems to be like a a lot of adult onset people who are just like okay with it right now. Like they just now they just need a little push or a little education and they too can go out and see these amazing places that you and I get to see. Um, Maybe it's about filling the freezer Um, But take on this, this lifestyle, not all in on everything that we do, but this outdoor lifestyle that's um, been so good to us. Um, You know, I feel pretty, pretty good about having this opportunity right now, whether it's the summits or just answering people's questions respectfully, um, trying to stay positive and pushing people towards this lifestyle just so they can have a look at it. And uh, I feel like, you know, we're finally at a place where people aren't so against it. They're actually opening up their eyes to it and they're pretty accepting of it right now so i feel like we're uh, we're at a perfect time so yeah giving back is is something that we both want to do with our podcast is um just trying to bring more light positive light which is what you do and you're so good at to this thing that we like
0: yeah well thank you you guys um I, it's easy. It's easy to be good at something when you love it. Mm-hmm. When you love it and you're passionate about it, um, it, it just comes easy and um so it's like part of this podcast i i love doing it i love having these conversations with like-minded individuals and and i get so much out of it personally but also get so much out of it hearing from people at the shows that harvested that deer this year or it came together maybe they sent me a message and that basin ended up panning out or whatever the case is but but yeah it makes me so happy as well to be able to to help guys out and then also to share my journey to have this platform to be able to share it and today's day and age um you know like like happiness is is such an, an important part like being in the present moment um being happy with you and your family and and and, and the life you live uh it's so important and, and that's hunting has just provided that for me so i just absolutely love it but uh yeah i really appreciate you guys and i really appreciate you including me in the summit and uh i just can't wait for this year it's, it's gonna be off the hook so it'll, thanks you it'll guys. be yeah. here
2: quicker than we know it it
0: Thank will. you, Brian. Thanks. All right, guys, that's the podcast. All right, really good people, man. I really like Ryan Lampers, Hillary Lampers, and, and everything they have going on. They do that that great podcast, Hunt Harvest Health. Make sure to check out that uh, check out their their Western Hunting Summits. Uh, I think we condensed from four to three this year. We're combining the two elk summits. I don't think there's a lot of room left, but maybe a few open spots for for those summits. So make sure to reach out to Ryan for those. We're going to have some fun this year. I can't wait. Uh, First one starts off here in two weeks. I also want to thank Sig Sauer Optics. They just are building optics that compete with all the higher-end optics for a good price point so impressed with their binoculars. I've been using their their nine or their 11 by 45s. Uh, I've also been using those new 15 by 56s. That's what I spotted my bear with that I harvested this year. Uh, love their new spotting scope 27 by 55 by 80 mil objective lens. And then they have just the best range finders on the market. Uh, you can connect that with your rifle scope with the BDX system and an app in your phone. Um, just great products and a great company. If you're in the market for some new glass, make sure to check out Sig Sauer. Uh, I also want to thank Mar- Mountain Archery Fest. Uh, they've got their four events going on. The first one starting this weekend in Idaho, June 12th to June 14th. It's going to be a good time. There's no better practice for hunting season than than these 3D archery shoots. Holding and shooting at 3D targets, riding the chairlift up, walking these courses down. It's a whole weekend full of events uh, it's going to be really fun. So uh, if you're not signed up, you can get 15% off with Elevate15 in the promo code. That'll also get you a free digital subscription to Eastman's Bow Hunting Journal and Eastman's Hunting Journal. Uh, also really cool, that that bow giveaway, make sure to get on get in on that. It's a, a, a Matthews Traverse bow, which is last year's model. It's their longer axle to axle. It's a good shooter. Um... Dan's going to set that thing all up for your draw length, whatever we need to do there to make it right for you. All you got to do is just sign up for the newsletter. Just text FREEBO to 22828 and follow the Eastman's Elevated page and that'll get you in for the drawing. Uh, so a really cool deal. Uh, just want to thank Eastman's and thank Matthew's for putting that together. It's really cool to, to give one away to, to one of you guys that listens in every week. So I really appreciate that. And uh, it'll be fun. We'll draw for it. I don't have a date yet, but draw for it in the next month or so. Make sure we get it out to you for hunting season so you can get all practiced up. And with that, man, I've just been having a blast here getting ready. It's so exciting knowing that I have some good hunts coming up. And and just knowing how tough the mountains are, you know, uh, bear hunting around, this year for my bear and for for Dan's bear we've been covering just a bunch of miles and elevation and it just just reminds you how difficult things are how difficult it is to arrow a a black bear in Montana spot and stock you know so it, it's just got me training really hard i want to be in absolute top physical condition shooting the best i've ever shot I, i've been shooting a ton of arrows doing my practice drills, shooting different release aids, just doing all the little things. And I'm shooting as good or better than I've ever been shooting. That new VXR is just a shooter. Um, so so I'm really enjoying that bow and, and uh, really enjoying just preparing for these hunts and, and getting in my runs every day and, and just being ready for it. Uh, map research, just hours and hours and hours on that computer screen and my phone screen, making hunt plans, but it, it's just so fun to have this passion and this adventure in my life, and know that uh, you know I can work hard right now in construction and work real hard on on uh, getting everything taken care of and and hanging out with the family. And it's just fun to know that that this fall I'm going to be able to chase my dreams and go into the mountains, disappear in the mountains for days on end, and and with a bow and arrow and try to arrow. You know, a big mature animal it just doesn't get any better. Bow hunting is so thrilling. The the elk hunting and deer hunting, antelope. Man, I'm so stoked, and I know you guys are too. That's why you're listening to this podcast. So uh, I'm excited to excited for you guys and all your adventures. Excited to share my journey of all my adventures. And uh, just ready to cut these legs loose and get to the mountain. So it's coming; it'll be here before we know it. The time to prepare, the time to improve, is right now, and uh, I'm not wasting a second of it. So, all right, guys, that's the wrap. That's the podcast. I'll uh, I'll check in with you guys next week.